0: welcome back to the city of palms podcast this is episode 30 and the guest we have today is a prime example of hidden talent in southwest florida because i've known about him for years as a skateboarder just being a very very skilled skateboarder but anyone i talk to about him nowadays they say i had no idea he was such a great artist this is jesse jones and on the internet do you advertise all your artists from my heart art
1: yeah lately i've been doing that um i kind of it's not like you know my brand or anything but it's my handles on instagram yeah yeah we've
0: mentioned you in a couple different episodes so it's cool to get you in here now and you can see behind him is a painting that he's currently working on so if you dig that check out his instagram we'll plug all that at the end but how you doing bro good i say that but we, we just skated for like a, an hour and a half so i know how... <laughs> we're hot and sweaty
1: <laughs> right a little bit but i'm feeling good today for sure
0: oh yeah you i know jesse a little bit but you don't know him really at all so if you like have any intro questions or anything like
2: that go ahead. yeah we can do that. um are you from here
1: Start out with that. yes depending on here um i'm from lehigh acres florida nice uh i was born in fort myers but i grew up in lehigh
2: yeah you grew up skating veterans
1: yes yes that was (laughs) that's definitely like my second home for a long time i did more growing up there than you know anywhere else (laughs) so
2: you, you skated when you were younger too
1: yeah um let's see i i started at i think probably i got my first skateboard like maybe, like, 12 or something, but um, I didn't really do anything with it until um, I got a real board from one of my friend, or my uh, stepbrother's friends, and I think I really started at, like, 13, 14. Mm-hmm.
2: True. So, did you skate veterans before they changed, like, the, like, what, what do you say about that quarterback? Yeah, that
0: was, I think I was, like, Probably fifteen or sixteen. Like before, you remember before the quarter pipes were more vert than they are now, and the ground was all fucked
1: up. Before they added the four inches. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was there before they even added the metal side at all. When there, there used to be a basketball court over there.
2: No way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there used to be a basketball court where the um, the metal ramps are, and it's so funny. There used to be like fights and stuff (laughs) because boards would go flying into their side, and balls would come on this side, and they'd like (laughs) beef it out and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we're not like that anymore. We don't care. <laughs> but the older dudes did. I guess they got into some drama. <laughs> but did, yeah.
2: Didn't you come out to? Uh, I think I, I remember seeing you out at Veterans when like we did the thing with level skate and we had it was for Go Skate Day. I think like a couple of years back, maybe twenty seventeen.
1: Okay. It was, like,
2: a game of skate. I think I remember seeing you
1: there. Did I'm Kevin
2: not... win? Kevin won, yeah,
1: right? Kevin won. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kevin right. beat me that sneaky dude (laughs) i always used to be so into like games escape too like super competitive and like i always worked on flat ground not so much these days but uh yeah that was fun i remember that time
2: yeah yeah i remember that i remember seeing you out there
1: for sure that was cool yeah that was cool that um they did events out there like there's only been a couple little contests out there it's been really rare but Mm -hmm. it was always cool to go out there so i tried to make it
2: i gotta do more of that because it's so easy to just organize a game of skate. And we almost like, got in trouble for it. Right when really? we got there and we started setting up, like oh, somebody, like a park ranger came up and was like, I remember You that. can't give away any money. Like, no money can, you guys can't make any money off this. And we're like, we're not. Like, we're giving away money and we're just giving away free food because they saw us setting up the grill and stuff. And they're like, all right, well, you can set up, but you can't. Like, no money can be made. I'm like, geez, all right.
1: Without sure. them getting their cut. Or something. <laughs> exactly, right? that's how that
2: works that always
0: makes me nervous about like selling art and stuff like because i know it's kind of tricky with like permitting and shit like that like sometimes you gotta like I, I think art's different but i know if you're selling something on like the road you gotta like have some sort of permit but
1: um, yeah i don't know too much about that stuff. So.
0: like i've thought about live painting at like the beach or something like that and just like having a little thing i don't think that's i don't think they can get on you for that for like people giving you like donations or whatever just like right. watching you i don't think there's well
1: definitely on. if it's donations you're good um I know when you do sell your art in public sometimes that um they'll have people going around checking to see if you're charging sales tax. Oh really? um and sometimes they'll like get on you about that. But um I don't know too much about like the you know, logistics of
0: Yeah. And art. then it might be different too if you're at some sort of venue, right? Because if you're if it's just like you on like at like a skate park or like a public park or something like that selling, that's one thing. But if you're like at a bar and they've allowed you to, like, set up and sell stuff, I think that might be
1: different, huh? Right. Yeah, I could see there being an issue if, like, the people's property you're selling stuff on has a problem with it. Yeah. I could see that becoming...
0: Yeah, I think especially because usually the venues will charge you a fee for the table, and then that way you're, like, paying them to be there and sell your stuff, so it might all be different. But I don't know. I've never been in trouble yet, so... (laughs) (laughs) So it's not that big of a deal. Cross our fingers. (laughs) so you like veterans huh because i like i have a lot of people who <laughs> who hate it and like they hate they think it's the worst skate park around here and granted like i guess it kind of is compared to some of the other skate parks but i love veterans dude i love veterans because <laughs> it's like it's almost <laughs> like like a little diy park you know like because it's just got like everything every little thing you need like i don't dig the metal ramps that much but
1: right right me neither um veterans is sick though but it gets a lot of hate for sure like Nine times out of ten when I talk to someone about veterans, they're just like, I hate that part. Yeah, <laughs> just, I've had
0: so many good memories there.
1: I love it. Yeah, same. Like, I've been through so many experiences there that, like, will never leave my mind. Like, I don't know. Like I told you earlier, like, I feel like I grew up there. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Are there... Because I've seen um, a handful of footage just, like, from, like, Facebook and YouTube and just, like, you know, throughout the years of... um things that people have done at veterans but i'm just like damn because like having skated there you kind of know how hard it is to do certain things on certain obstacles right and i've seen there's tricks you've done that i'm like fuck dude how did you do that is there (laughs) any tricks that like that were you remember being like like damn i don't know how the hell i did that
1: me personally yeah you
0: personally um because i remember seeing kickflip crook down the um the metal hubba i don't know how hard that was for you but i saw that and i was like holy shit (laughs)
1: oh my god yeah that's funny that, that that's an interesting story too because i learned um kickflip crooks like that week or whatever and it went from like i took it from the ledge to the hubbub relatively fast um but i've always skated hubba so that wasn't like crazy for me mm-hmm. but i was over there actually doing it by myself i did like three before that and then finally i was like all right let me go get someone to film it and i got like this random person <laughs> to come up film it and then that was really tight um let me try to think for a sec i know um there's some tricks that like yeah i definitely would have never done again like this one time um our friend utah um he actually lost the footage which is like heartbreaking but um i did a really nice 360 flip like best one i've ever done over the snowboard rail to flat, no, to flat. yeah like from the you know flat of the box top over the rail, the flat oh my god i felt like i don't know brian herman or something (laughs) i was just watching stay gold and he did a few of those but oh my god it was so perfect and he lost the footage so that's unfortunate but i know i did it so i'm still hyped that's
0: crazy um Um, when was was there ever a point like when you started skating that you start because you you're you're really fucking good at skating like i'm sure you get it a lot but like was there a time growing up that you're like, all right, maybe I should focus on this and like maybe try to, I mean, all of us wanted to go pro, you know, that's kind of like why, well, yeah. you know, like a lot of, <laughs> the big part of skating is like, I'm going to get sponsored one day and like I'm going to be on a team and go on tour. Right. But, but was that something that you like really heavy pursued? Cause you started noticing, like you were learning pretty quick or anything like that?
1: You know, um, that's interesting too, because like in my like heart, I, and like when i thought about like my progression and the tricks like I was trying to get that good but um looking back as I got older I realized that like honestly I didn't pursue it in the most intelligent way you know what I mean like I wasn't entering contests I wasn't filming as much as I should have um I wasn't I was I was enjoying it like I was having fun and I was like getting good um and really, really loving it but definitely i've looked back and like seen where i failed and um i just don't think i wanted it that bad or at least didn't have the right direction to actually get there
0: yeah did you ever skate contests
1: no um i think i've entered like besides like games of skate i would enter those all the time cause mm-hmm. it was like fun and yeah pretty easy but as far as like the runs and um I always liked best trick contests because I was good at like focusing on one trick at Mm -hmm. a time, like really hard one. But I wasn't as good at um, putting together like a run, so I kind of stayed away from those things. And I used to get like butterflies and get nervous, and I could never get over that.
0: (laughs) It's almost like a different type of skating to have that. Like to have that. I mean, a a lot of skate park kids just have it because they like skate the parks that way, no matter what. So they can yeah, so they can just flow and make runs like nobody's business. But I was always like, I skated parks like veterans and skated street and like stuff like that. So I was more of like that, either like one trick or just like a line of a couple tricks. I wasn't really in the mindset of like go up the quarter pipe, do a quarter pipe trip, right when you come down, do a box trick and like put it in your runs. I didn't really skate contests either.
1: I always went to them though. I used to love like watching and yeah. stuff like that. It was really good. Have you ever
0: been to a big any big Tampa contests like Tampa? No, Tampa dude. Road? Me
1: either. No. <laughs> well, at least I'm not the only one. Yeah, I
0: feel like I'm missing out. We live right next to Tampa,
1: you know. I know, dude. I'm flagging so hard with that. Like, I've I just haven't made it happen. But I think. I need to go to like the next one. Mm-hmm. I have to. <laughs> like yeah. we are so close. Because like, it's
0: not even expensive either. It's not even like you got to pay for a bunch of the big ticket or something. I don't. Right. I don't know how expensive it is, but I don't think it's that much. Was it? Twenty bucks. 20 bucks. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. You went? No, I didn't go. I was gonna. Yeah, you were gonna go. That's yeah. right. That's right.
1: Yeah.
0: Were there any skaters as you were growing up? Like, were there any couple of like key people that you looked at as like? Was Andrew Reynolds one of your favorite skaters?
1: Yes. Yes. For sure. I used to love Andrew Reynolds. Um, you mean pro? Like Yeah,
0: yeah. Or any dudes that like were in the videos and magazines, Am or Pro or true. whatever, that you looked at as like, Hell yeah, bro, I wanna skate like that
1: guy. Definitely Andrew Reynolds. I don't think I ever got to like I I don't think I ever tried to like necessarily skate like him. Mm-hmm. But I just appreciated like I loved his skateboarding. Yeah, he best. does a lot of stairs and stuff and I like was more into like rails and ledges and um hubas and like stuff mm-hmm. like that, but he used to love Andrew Reynolds, um, Justin Figueroa, yeah, uh, Figgy. Oh my god, I love that dude. He's so good. Um, oh, there's so many, dude. I gotta get at least a couple more in there. Um, oof.
0: A lot of those America dudes were always my favorite. Yeah, Brian I always Herman, loved
1: America. Brian Herman, he's amazing. Um. Oh my god. It's so funny. I haven't thought about this in so long, but
0: yeah, especially because there you usually have like a whole whole big list of people, yeah, you know? right. It's, it's, it's like, like usually people don't just have like one or two.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But definitely a lot of like the you know Baker dudes. I used to love that um, America, just all of it.
0: I always think it's kind of weird how like it seems like when we were growing up, like the that was sort of like what was cool was like that whole like like piss drunks like baker like yeah. just like go for it gnarly like dustin like dustin Dolan was one of my favorite dudes ever yeah he dustin was just like, a beast. like and I, I dude i remember in uh fifth grade telling my me and me and my friend tyler like i don't even think i really skated that much but i i, I, I like was starting to kind of like get around to it yeah and he was like a little skater kid too and i remember telling him because i was a big fan of like Ben margera and like dustin Dolan and things i was like telling him that I was like gonna drink a lot whenever I was (laughs) I don't know but I said I was gonna have pierced nipples and I was gonna drink a lot or like or like get drunk all the time or something and I was in fifth grade and I don't like I don't even drink now or anything like that like I just thought that was funny what did he think (laughs) a little fifth grade friend is like yeah I'm gonna jump downstairs and get drunk (laughs) but nowadays it's like switched we're like now it seems like the cool thing is to like like Mean Williams vibe, where it's like yes, working yes, out and getting yes. healthy and like taking care of your body, and I think that that's cool for the kids.
1: Definitely, I think um, that image that they gave off kind of maybe like hurt people more than it helped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially I, especially the
0: longevity, like you can't really yeah, you have a long lasting career when you live like that.
1: No, definitely not. And like you said, it's at least there they've learned. And it seems like a lot of the dudes, like on Death Wish and Baker and stuff, they're the opposite now. Yeah, and sober. They've, they're learning from their mistakes, and that's good at least to see. And I think that now for the younger generation is gonna—it's now—it's a good message. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
0: but I don't think the gnarly aspect of skating ever change, You know, There's still the no, you Milton still need Martez that. But like just going for it. <laughs> yeah,
1: the party and stuff can chill though. <laughs> yeah. You don't need that, especially if you want to get as gnarly as. People are these things. Yeah, you
0: see. I mean, Nigel drinks a lot, but he's. I feel like he's fairly responsible about it. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I, I,
1: don't know, I don't know. I don't know the guy. <laughs> I mean, he's performing, so. Yeah.
0: yeah, and from what I've heard, it sounds like he's like calculated about when he like like if he's got. An event I could see that. Up, he'll like kind of chill a little bit, but who knows? Yeah. There's people that could do it. I don't know. Like Dustin Dolan, he's. I feel like he's drunk all the time. <laughs> like, granted, he doesn't really have. He doesn't really do a whole lot anymore. But. Yeah. For a while, he was just had like alcohol in his veins and was just jumping down the craziest stuff.
1: Yeah, hopefully he's, he's healthier these days. Yeah,
0: I hear, I hear he's going to have a part in Baker for Life. Oh, you know, no way. Yeah, and I heard... Is that what it's
1: called? Yeah, the Baker, Baker, for, Baker for Life.
0: Oh,
2: that's
1: sick.
0: Yeah, and I um, I heard, I think he posted something on Instagram saying that Reynolds, he was, like, at the hospital, like, with a band on or whatever, like, getting surgery, and because he, and he, I remember in his interviews, he says how many, like, knee surgeries he's had and shit, just, like, tearing his ACLs all over the place, and um, I guess Reynolds, this may have just been him saying this, but he said Reynolds is paying for him to get healthy so he can have a good part in the new Baker video. And how tight would that be if he's, like, actually low-key, like, grinding and, like, going to, like, do some crazy stuff Yeah, in he's, video. like, working out and, like, doing yeah, some craziness. For real. Like, Rowley, uh, Jeff Rowley, I thought he was, like, kind of, like, past, you know, like past big video parts and he just released that Vans thing that was gnarly as hell, dude. Oh,
1: okay, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah. I miss so much these days. Me too, yeah,
0: yeah. Especially, yeah, because of how instant it is. I'll, like, I'll look at a couple big things that happen, but, like, I don't watch videos like I used to. I used to, like, research that stuff. Yeah.
1: There's
0: just so much coming out these days, too. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of it all. There's so many companies and so many videos and Instagram. Yeah. So where does art come in? Like, because you surely you've done art just throughout your childhood and stuff like that, just kind of like doodled and drawing and stuff like that, but where did it, where did you like kind of start doing art projects and whatnot, aside, like past the skating?
1: Oh, so after skateboarding?
0: Was that, that was more recent, right? Like, like, cause you've always, I guess how do I put this, where did art start for you? Like, was it just draw, like drawing pictures or like have you always been a painter? Let me take you to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's
1: go to the beginning. <laughs> but, uh, no, it started as like, um, So back in the day I would watch like Dragon Ball Z and all these things and cartoons and stuff. And, um, I think I started drawing and, uh, the earliest I remember drawing, I think is about second grade. Um, and I would just doodle. I'd try to like draw Dragon Ball Z's, you know, my favorite characters and stuff like that. And, um, I remember I, did have art classes in you know second third grade um but then after that i kind of like i just could not get into art classes in middle school and high school it just didn't happen and then when it did like the teachers were just really not into what i was doing and like it really turned me off from it for a while so it stayed as like um i was like doodling and lots of drawing i never really painted um for a long time, I would do like, when I did start skating, I would draw, like use paint markers on like my grip tape and stuff like that. So like, that's the kind of painting I was used to a little bit and I didn't really do that too much. But after, um, I think, after I like went really hard with skating in like 2017, 2018, towards like the middle of that. And then I got hurt and i was like kind of like all right like in this like you know i was focused on that for so long and then like i got hurt and i was like kind of realizing that i kind of had to do something different and i'd always kept drawing and things like that for fun on the side but i was like man i i would never finish anything like make finished pieces it would be like doodles in my books and stuff like that so i made a conscious decision to like make Works of art and pieces, um, and then I took um, Chris Dyer's yeah I wanted to talk about that workshop uh, last year at Art Basel in December because I was just like um, I had started my art account and like started kind of taking it seriously but I was still doing like Sharpie pieces on paper and I was like man I you know I'm seeing all these beautiful painters and I'm like dude I want to be like one of these people so. Um, I want to make just like the finish on paintings. is just like amazing. Like you can't match that on paper, uh, just the vibrancy of colors and all that. So I was like, I saw he had a class coming up, you know, a four-day workshop in um, during Art Basel, and I'd never even been there. Uh, so I didn't know what to expect, and I made it out there and learned so much in those four days that like, oh, my God, it's like one of the best experiences of my life. Not only his workshop in general, but being in Windwood during Art Basel exposed me to so much. Like, I had no idea art was like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'd I'd never dived into the scene of art Mm -hmm. and, like, the culture around it too much. I'd just done things on my own. And when I saw that, I realized, like, what you could really do and what people were doing with art. Like, it was amazing, dude. And then ever since that, I've been, like, just... Working hard, as so well, just trying to yeah. Like, that, it
0: seemed like that evolve. was like a that was like a launching point. Just from my perspective, like seeing the social media and stuff, I could tell that like you were a great artist, and then that was when it seemed like once you met with Chris Dyer and like seeing his shit in general, just him like as a person and artist, I'm sure that could inspire you. And I could see it like from that point was when you really started. I I'd see you you at Kava, and you'd be like, I'm starting, yeah, I'm starting to like do this. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, please, dude. like me and Darby said, like, bro. I can't believe it took you so long because like, yeah, you seriously kill it. Um, What did you, did you get to see all the exhibits at Art Basel and stuff too? Or were you more just like,
1: Um, I saw the Wynwood walls um, and like there was a couple galleries attached to that area that I walked into, but I didn't really take like the Art Basel tour Mm -hmm. that like most people are doing. I kind of stayed around his workshop because, you know, I was learning so much. I was pretty much in there. Um, we went to get food at the Wynwood Walls and check those out. So I just went with them, and that's why I saw that. But really, I my beacon was like, you know, home base was right there, and I tried to soak up as much as I could inside that gallery. Um, we I spent the four days there, and then we actually, uh, me and my girlfriend we went back the next weekend for the actual um, opening of his show.
0: So do you guys... Um did you say that you stayed there? You you stayed like with them or something like that in that like the, that area? You didn't have like a hotel?
1: No, I um I did have a I did have a buddy lined up that lived out there that I could have stayed with, but mm-hmm. honestly when I got there I was like I don't want to leave this place like, so I just stayed there until I was just planning on staying there until someone told me I had to leave and Before you knew it, no, I was. They were like, "All right, well, you know, we're all kind of leaving." Um, and they gave me the keys to the gallery and said I could sleep there. What? (laughs) Yeah. So they trusted me. Like, Chris is such a cool dude. Like, one of the best people I've ever met. And like, when you meet him in person, it's like, I don't know. Like, I haven't met that many people that are like, quote unquote, like famous and well known. Yeah. now some people you hear stories where people are like different in person yeah and like not what they expected Mm -hmm. he was such a genuine dude it was awesome he's a skateboarder and like we are skating in the gallery and stuff just messing around and it was awesome but yeah they let me stay there so i just slept on like the ground for four days and just tried to (laughs) soak up as much and learn as much as i could because you know he's setting uh one thing that was so inspiring about um seeing him doing what he's doing is like the like he's so like he's a workaholic like he's always working on something like he and besides like learning about the art aspect and techniques and stuff that was so inspiring to me like every day he's teaching a class he's got a group helping him set up for a gallery show while he's working on his own personal pieces and then every night he's working on this big mural all night on the side of the house, like, wow. or on the side of the gallery, sorry. And then um, it's just wild, dude. Like, that alone was expi- it just so inspiring. Like, just the work ethic of this, like, amazing artist. It was so sick, dude.
0: I loved it love to meet him i can only imagine like where your mind is at because seeing seeing his work like just on social media and stuff is awesome and inspiring but i imagine being with him for those that time and seeing like the process of some of his pieces because you guys i said this in darby's episode but you two have um similarities as far as like the intricacy of your paintings and that's why i think all your murals that you've done so far i'm so hyped on them because it's like the further you or the longer you look at it the more little tiny details you can tell that you put in it and especially with the markers that you use, do you, um, with that one behind you is that with marker too?
1: No, um, I've actually been trying to um, distance myself from the markers a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, that's how I started because it was a good transition, and you know I was drawing on grip tape and stuff with paint yeah. markers, and it was a good transition into painting um, with acrylics because you know I was doing sharpies before, and then the paint markers were like the same thing but with paint. Um, but I really, you know, um, brushes are really hard at first, um, but I really wanted to get into it and be like, you know, a fine artist and just use brushes. Like there's there's more you can do with brushes, like way more, way more. Um, but yeah, at first it was really hard, but that's like my next venture is like, you know evolving i'm trying to get really good with brushes and it's been really fun (laughs) yeah because
0: i I noticed because i was looking at that one earlier and i can like see the see some of the strokes that um usually in your the ones with markers you don't see it as much but right um that's really i'm kind of in the same boat where I've, i've never really like used brushes i always just use the markers yeah and um i don't even use i don't make like finished pieces like you do i'm not on that level but like i'm trying to well you
1: do with the stencils
0: yeah I'm yeah sure. with spray paint i do but um i yeah. actually i have a piece going in there that i've been working on with brushes and i'm so like oh really i'm at like level one right now like i don't know yeah. what the hell i'm doing but it's,
1: it's fun so, it's so hard at first this one's actually a collaboration with kevin he's on, um you know kevin right yeah yeah he live paints all oh, the time okay that makes Kava. sense so we're both working on that one actually nice oh, and man. working with him specifically has been like a that's like another artist that i've met that's like really changed my life um I've met him, you know, less than a year ago, probably like six months or something. And that's changed my life, too. Um, Just collaborating with him and learning things. And, you know, just like when you collaborate with artists that's like on the same level as you and you guys are trying. Not like same level, but you guys have the same like goals, kind of. Mm -hmm. And like different styles. And like when you collaborate, you kind of you learn from each other a lot. And it's been really fun. He's really good with brushes, so I've been learning a lot with that.
0: Yeah, is he's he's formally educated, right? He just graduated from FGCU with a yeah. degree in art. Right. That's awesome. It'd be cool to talk with him because I'm sure he knows he knows a lot of interesting things to to benefit your art.
1: Right. He's doing some really cool things. He's a beast. <laughs>
0: All right. I want to get more into some of the like the. Uh, more specific questions with your art and stuff, but we're going to sure. take a quick break, and um, you all watching can enjoy the ads. In the meantime, we'll be right back. The City of Palms podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show onto all the apps people use? How do I make money from the podcast? And the answer to all this is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free, and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. Me and Danny searched all over the internet for different outlets for distributing and recording and uh, for websites that would host our podcast. And a lot of them, you have to pay money or it's really complicated, and especially for someone just starting out. And Anchor really was an answer to all that because you can record straight on Anchor. It's very user-friendly. And it's totally free. We, we don't have to pay a penny to use this, and so it's great for anyone who's wanting to start out. And so, if you're if you're wanting to start your own podcast and make money doing it, go to Anchor.fm/start. That's Anchor.fm/start to join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's Anchor.fm/start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, we are back. I hope you enjoyed those ads. And um, right. Getting right back into it, one question I had is I was wondering what, like, your process is sort of when you start a painting, because cause I'm thinking you you probably don't have, like, the vision of it at first, right? Is it more of, like, a stream of consciousness type thing where you will like... Like, because with your doodles, your doodles were like that, right? Where you would, like, start with something and then eventually it'd just be so intricate and turn into some big elaborate thing. Is that kind of how your paintings go, too?
1: Right. Um, it's sort of, like, mixed. I... One thing I've tried to do more over the past year is be more conscious about my paintings. So, you know, there's a level of subconsciousness where things come out, but um, I always sketch everything first. So when I get a canvas, sometimes I'll even draw a grid, Um, but I sketch out my main idea like where uh, the black lines are going to be, you know, the forms and all that and get a good... um, get a solid like blueprint for what's going down. And then I usually, and obviously sometimes I switch it up, but for the most part, this is how it goes. But, uh, then I get it sketched in, I do all the outlines and then I start to block in colors, like big colors that I know need to go certain places. And then as I'm coloring it, it starts to like evolve for sure like that's when you know the fun part is and like you know things start to happen with like little details and all those things and um i just try to fill up the whole thing until i don't know it's a really interesting thing like a lot of people tell me like oh that looks finished and i'm like no you know that's how it is like that one behind you yeah i would guess that that was finished right yeah that's it's like 80%, maybe, 75
0: <laughs> And I noticed right. that about the last collab, uh, I don't know if it was the most recent collaboration, but there was one you did, um, another collab you did with Kevin, where I would, I would watch you a couple different times, I saw you were painting on it, and I was thinking that, where I was like, dang, that's looking pretty near done, and the next time I see you, you'd still be painting on it. <laughs> Bro, I can't wait to see when it's actually done. <laughs>
1: right. Was that the one with the dragon? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I love that. That painting. one was
2: sick. So, what kind of paints do you use? Like, is that, like, acrylic?
1: Yeah, everything I've done to this point has been acrylic for the most part. Um, paint markers have acrylic in it, and then right now I've been working with acrylics. Um, I use Golden and the Liquitex professional paint. Uh, those are some nice high quality paints, and they work really good. They have they actually have like sealants and stuff in it that like That's really help.
2: That's awesome. This might be a stupid question, but like as far as brushes go, do you have like a bunch of different size brushes that you're constantly like switching back and Yes. Because it looks like that's like so intricate. I don't know how those like things like like how you paint it. Oh yeah, I know. And the flower too, the little details. I mean, all that is just insane.
1: So I start with um. I have tons of different brushes. I use um. Some people use like the flat ones. I use like the pointy ones for the most part. Um and as i go into detail they start getting smaller so when i'm you know i might be working with a brush this fat at the beginning and then by the end it's like a toothpick at the end um but yeah that's one of the beauty of brushes is like you know if you were to do that with a marker you'd need a marker for each thing but you can have one tube of paint with all these different applicators mm-hmm. that can do like yeah. crazy different things.
0: And all the different brushes can apply paint in different ways rather than a marker is pretty much like the size of the tip.
1: Yeah, know? exactly. Um, which is good when with, for certain things mm-hmm. with a marker, but uh, a lot of people have a problem with brushes like I did. You know, you have too much control over what you can do and there's too many possibilities. So yeah. it's So when you first start, it seems like you're out of control and you can't make what you want to you know Mm -hmm. you can't make the mark you want but you know with practice and you know experimentation you start to realize that like you know oh my god like this is way better (laughs) like (laughs) i can do so much with this it's wild do you
0: um i don't know uh any of your recent paintings have this but like if you something like me if i were to do like a dragon ball z character or something like paint it all with all like i wonder how um uh victor does it with his like if he the the black lines at the end to like the final black lines you do over everything that seems so hard to me to do with like a fine tip brush to get like those like exact lines where they need to be and someone like me i might just use a paint marker for that step but that might be considered like cheating or whatever but is that have you tried to i don't know if you've had any paintings like that where you've done it all with a fine brush was that difficult
1: the outlines
0: yeah
1: yeah um
0: or even just some of those little intricate lines, like with a little fine brush. That, that seems really difficult to me.
1: You get used to it. I mean, you know, it's a learning thing. Um, at first, it's really hard to get, like, a precise line because you have to be really careful about how far, how much pressure, mm-hmm. you know, how much the brush is spreading out. Um, they do make liner brushes that are long, and they actually glide across the whole thing. Oh so you can you know pull it and what if you have like wet paint like if you're dry brushing it's going to be a little harder but if it's a lot smoother if you have wet paint on wet paint and you're doing a line on top of that hmm. if that makes any sense yeah. um, it just goes a lot smoother and yeah it's hard at first but it's you know it's something to learn you know you learn how to like steady your hand and and then you can always clean it up later if you want. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. beauty of paint, too. You can layer in. If you mess up, you can just keep working it if you want.
2: Yeah. hell oh, yeah. Do you use any, uh, like, paint additive like to, like, take out the brush strokes or something? Like, M1 or anything like that? I don't even know what the fuck that is. How do you know? What that yeah, is? I don't even know what that so is. I mean, <laughs> I'm interior painter. So I paint, like, houses oh, and stuff I see like what that. Oh, uh, okay. So, like, if we go to cut in, I'll cut in, like, that ceiling or the wall. 'Cause you know the ceiling stays white, walls are different Right. Colors. So or if we're painting trim typically, like baseboards and stuff like this, like real nice stuff in Naples, we have like we use latex paint and we'll have like a, a like semi gloss for the trim and we will pour M1. It's like a paint additive and it helps eliminate brush strokes.
1: Okay, I have heard of it actually. Um but no I've never used it. Or they to have, have
2: like flow trail. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. There's
1: tons of stuff you can do. That's the thing about like brushes and painting and you know paints and stuff mm-hmm. like there's so much you can do you can you know make do glazes um where it's like semi-transparent and you can you know paint just the values in with black and white and then color it with a glaze and then it looks like the whole thing was painted that way um like I said like like when you start painting with brushes and um paints and stuff like there's so many possibilities it's so wild and it just takes a lot of experimentation
0: mm-hmm. you've done a little bit of street art too like the you painted the ramp at that DIY spot and you painted that um the mural at the madhouse and stuff yeah did you and That's you did true. one for um yeah, the madhouse looks so cool right now yeah Thanks, you did a bro. you did a couple others too but were there any that that you were super super stoked on that you that were like a learning process from start to finish and by the, the end you're like hell yeah man I did that
1: Pretty much all of them, I mean, were like, (laughs) for sure, (laughs) like, um, spray paint's really hard, dude, like, to get things right, like, it's, it's so hard, but it's so cool to make big art like that, like, you know, the Madhouse we did in one night, like, that was so sick, dude, a long night, but, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, me and Kevin were, like, going hard on that thing, um, does he he have a lot of experience with that? Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's definitely well versed in spray paint he's been doing that for a long time um that's why it's so fun to spray paint with him because i learned so much um that's one thing i want to do some more uh soon too
0: me too i want to i'm trying to think of ideas on how to practice because like that's easy where 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 do you where do you practice
1: you could just well you just get a big ass piece of wood
0: that's true. A big piece of plywood.
1: Just get some plywood and leave it at your house, and you can paint over it yeah. as many times as you want. And
0: Aldi has these big signs. I usually use them for like barriers to like block paint when I'm doing little projects. But they have big signs. I could take those and like, yeah, paint them because I haven't like the spray paint I do is not anything like those techniques. It's just like putting a very solid thing on a stencil and whatever. Right, but like
1: you can mix them though and do some interesting stuff. Yeah,
0: and and I would love to. I really want to get into graffiti and stuff like that and just kind of like it's such a different art style you know like it's a different process that you have to that you have to do.
1: definitely um but I would say the best way would be getting a big piece of wood and it's <laughs> just going to town messing up and just figuring things out and then take it somewhere else I think um I used to do like you know some graffiti <laughs> or whatever like under bridges and you know some random stuff, but uh, those were those were really like um, like kid stuff. Like I didn't do anything crazy until really recently. Another thing is getting really good paint. Um, yeah, definitely Montana Gold. I don't know what you use for your stencil work, but um, Montana Gold Montana is like a really good company and just acrylic spray paint is going to be like your best bet and it looks it looks so vibrant.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember you you've told me that in the past and I um I want to try that also because of the color variants cuz like with cuz I just use whatever I can find at like Walmart or Lowe's or whatever just like Rustoleum or Krylon or something yeah. like that but there's only there's only I don't I could probably like order special colors or like shades of colors but there's pretty much just like the basic colors they have and then like there's some variants of like grays and and stuff like that, but there's not that many variants of other colors. And I've noticed it kind of does hinder me at some points. And Definitely. but yeah, uh, I want to get into some more special paints. So um, more recently, like uh, I think just Sunday, you did Peace Day, right? Is that what it was called? Yeah. How was that? I didn't get to go because I was at work. But how was that whole experience?
1: It was really cool, to be honest with you. Um, one of the first things I noticed is that they weren't really selling alcohol um which I'm used to at events you know Mm -hmm. which kind of like make it kind of weird but it was a really genuine um event you know everyone was really cool there was a huge turnout um shout out to Zakari from Casa Shanti he put it on and I think he did a really good job brought a lot of like beautiful people together and you know, it was for the kids, it was for the adults, you know, we're spreading, you know, good practices, you know, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of art, there's a lot of um, people doing like, I don't know, there's some spiritual booths, like sort of all walks of life kind of conjoined into it and we're all like getting along and, you know, spreading good vibes.
0: Yeah, I love events like that. Um, yeah. uh, love your rebellion is having Zine Fest in October, October nineteenth, and she talked to me about uh, setting up the skate ramps and like doing a little skate thing in the parking lot too. Oh, uh, and she she said that there was an artist that she has going that is also a skateboarder. That's not you, is it?
1: No, someone else. Okay, because <laughs> I
0: know because it um um uh, I think the place is called Nini's House or something like that.
1: Okay, did I've never you, heard of it.
0: You know, cause you did a, a logo for some business in downtown right didn't you something like that not
1: downtown um i did something for a veterinarian's office off daniel's
0: nice okay i because i was i uh, my brain was putting two and two together that'd be cool though yeah i want to make my way downtown
1: (laughs) (laughs) i would love to do a mural downtown i've tried so i'm gonna keep trying oh yeah
0: have you been into any uh more formal art settings like art art um uh, I guess displaying your art in more formal settings, like Darby was saying, the Naples art shows. She doesn't like those because they're more like, I guess, like art snobs and whatnot. And also, uh, I don't know anything about art walk, so I'm not saying anything bad. But art walk is more of like a formal thing where you have to like apply as an artist. Right. Show have you tried? I'm actually that? glad
1: you asked because um, there's something about that whole judging thing. So, well, for one, let me answer your question and then I'll go back. But um, I the most formal event i've shown my work at was casa shanti and they're like a uh, you know bohemian like crystal shop slash like healing they do like Reiki and other things like that um and they showed my art and i had a little show there and i've still got my art up there uh that's as far as i've gotten i've never gotten into like a gallery or um something like that i haven't done art walk yet uh, but I do want to get into it, and I want to mm-hmm. try that. Um, and then maybe art basil eventually. That would be sick. I heard it's like a thousand dollars to have a booth. Really? Yeah. But I heard it's also worth it. I bet Just the exposure for, and whatnot. Yeah.
0: Because people go from all over the world for art basil, you know.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, and then let me get back to the the judging thing. Is interesting because I guess during art walk over the past few years there was a lot of people taking art and selling it there that weren't even artists like it wasn't original art it was like stuff from Amazon or stuff they you know they made like fake stuff that wasn't even their own so the judging there for it is they're actually judging to make sure that it's original art and the, and the people are actually making the stuff and then that's that how they sense. get them in. So it's not necessarily, I don't know how it works in Naples, you know what I mean? But I realized this recently talking to one of the people that runs it, this lady Wendy, who's really cool. Oh. Um, she told me that and I was like, oh, that actually like really makes sense because I was, I, I was hearing rumors about that because like, I didn't go to Art Walk for a long time and then I went to one of the last ones like a couple months ago And they were telling me that people were selling, like, art that was, like, you know, stuff they bought off Amazon or something. It's, like, yo, that's fucked up. It is, yeah. (laughs) That's so fucked up. Dang. And that
0: would explain the application process. Because I remember, I think I was talking with Darby about that, how, like, you submit a portfolio and it's almost like you got to, like, they'll say whether you're good enough to get in or not or whatever. Right.
1: So that's another side of that situation. You know, it still might be like that, you know, where they are, like, you know, this doesn't fit our vibe for our walk. I don't know. But that is a side that's, like, real and that was actually happening, so.
0: Yeah, and at the same time, I mean, it makes sense. If it's, like, a big art event, you can't just have, like, anyone, like, hey, I want to put my art, and they only have, like, three pieces they've ever made, and, like, you know, you kind of have to, like, regulate it in some way. So yeah. it would make sense to.
1: And people were taking advantage of it.
0: Yeah. Or you just get stuff on Amazon, Jesus. I know, I was like, <laughs> who would do that? Oh
1: my god, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, even,
0: even sometimes, I try to not judge anyone, but even sometimes when I see people, like, at Aldi, sometimes we'll have, like, art that will sell. Like, it's just called wall art. That's, like, what it's displayed as, but it's just, like, some printed, I mean, some artists made it, obviously, but it's just, like, sold yeah. in the grocery store, but I'm just thinking, like, dude, there's so many artists just, like, down the road that you could check out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because <laughs> they'll sell it for, like, $10. just like, a $10, like, Okay. painting
2: or whatever I don't know <laughs> that's a whole other topic you should just throw your grip at for the $10 price, price. <laughs> you, yeah. like, oh, this is cool. you yeah, should but,
1: bro you got the end
2: yeah, yeah for real yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll put
0: I'll make a sign that just says shred grip $10 each and then when they bring it to the register be like hey can you go call me up if someone buys that shred grip <laughs>
2: I'll just come up <laughs> Oh you, actually have to cash out that you gotta cash app you gotta cash app cash yeah. app
0: that to Professor Shred <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So all your art that I've seen, the images are real powerful. Do they mean anything to you specifically?
1: Definitely. Um, uh, some some of my earlier works are a little more uh, subconscious based where like they're kind of abstract and I kind of let, you know, my subconscious fill up the page a little bit. But these days I've been meaning to, you know, put more conscious efforts into what I'm producing, so... Um, you know, there's a little spiritual flavor on all of my art. I try to put some wisdom, uh, visually into the, you know, imagery and the concepts that I'm going along with. Um, just like things like that I've learned over the years and, you know, just trying to, for the most part, I'm trying to spread like a positive, energy to the people that view it you know i want the viewer to take something from my art sometimes that does call for explanation too as much as i'd like to um you know my art to speak for itself some people don't get it and that's cool because like it is um what's the word Uh, (laughs) it's a different interpretation to people, you know what I mean? And they can definitely see different things to it, which I think is cool, but I certainly put, you know, my soul into my art and that's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, at the, as, as I get better and progress and I find better ways to actually spread my message, I'll get better at like communicating that to people. Cause at the end of the day, I really want my art to like touch the world in a positive way. And I'm, you know, and then a lot of the things I'm sort of trying to do, like on Peace Day, we did this nice interactive piece, for instance, where I had a live, I had a big canvas set up with a peace sign. I had everyone that I could get to come touch the piece. So it's like this community collab. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And then um, I got some work to do on it still, so you guys won't see it for a while. But uh, once we get done, I'm going to try to auction it off and donate the proceeds to couple charities that you know I'm interested in helping out and that's kind of what I want to do with my art at the end of the day too not only do I want to in some way like make a life for myself but I also want to change the world with it in a positive way for sure And I think if we all did a little something you know we could actually make big strides and making awesome. the world a better place <laughs> do, you, do you
0: try to have the titles and descriptions of your pieces uh, kind of do a little bit of explaining as to what it means to you?
1: Yes, lately. That's one thing, like when I did my gallery show at Casa Shanti, I realized that, um, you know, people, they do want an explanation sometimes because it is so... Um, so much up for interpretation. Like people can see different things. So a lot of times I notice when I explain it to people, they like they're like, "Oh my god!" Like a, it's a whole new piece to me. You know what I mean? And it's like this whole other thing. So I'm definitely now like I've learned that I kind of need to, you know, I do need to get that idea out to people in a way they can understand. So I've been working hard at doing that as well, and bringing the story to people. So, uh, for future stuff like definitely I love talking to people about my art and like each individual piece. It does change a lot from piece to piece. There's not like a general thing, but for the most part it's like, you know, just trying to help people like, you know, take hold of their lives and, you know, act more consciously. And I really, really think it's important for people to take care of the planet. And I really think we need to stop like taking it for granted. For sure, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, and you know, as I evolve, I'll be able to hopefully get that to as many people as possible. That's one reason I like the murals and stuff because um, if I can, if I can spread that message that way, you know, you you can't miss that stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like so, to have like this big piece you know, on some wall, in a prominent place, like, showing a positive message, that would be awesome.
0: Hell yeah, Do um, have you noticed a trend of, like, the bigger pieces you work on, the more you, like, sort of, the more, like, energy and message you put into it, rather than, like, the small ones, like, is it, like, the more grand the piece is, the more grand of, like, message you're spreading, sort of? No. Like, some of the smaller ones can mean just as much? Yeah, definitely. Hell yeah.
1: That's not, like, yeah, that doesn't determine it. <laughs> but if I did do something in a public pe- uh a public place, like if they gave me a wall downtown, then I would I would yeah. really try to, you know, make an impact with that opportunity for sure.
0: Alright, one thing we ask before we wrap up the episode is if you have any crazy like ghost stories or paranormal stories or anything like that. And it doesn't even have to be anything. Just any crazy story uh, before we wrap it up. Do you have anything in mind?
1: Ooh. (laughs) Um...
0: It's fine if you don't. I don't have any stories. We could just move on to shout-outs
2: and all that.
1: True. Well, I mean... I guess the closest thing to that would, I could tell you about my like sleep paralysis that I was like having issues with for a long time. And I don't even know why um, it stopped happening. But, um, so I don't know if you guys know about sleep paralysis, but basically, um, for a long time, I was, I was like waking up where I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't move my body. So, like, it's like you're, You know how when you go to sleep, your brain um, does something to your body to where you don't act out your dreams, and it keeps you from moving, so it's almost like this thing was still going on, but I was awake, so you're in this really weird, like, you can't move, but you're in, you're usually in the room that, like, you fell asleep in, and, but it's like this half dream world, half reality thing going on, and, like, there's this crazy sense of fear and it always like it always seems like there's something behind you that's just dreadful and i would have those experiences like every single night for like years bro. and um it was crazy sometimes it would feel like there's like aliens behind you or something but just some big like sense of fear going on like you can't move you can't talk and like as much as you struggled, it's like try to wake up, like because after a while you're like, oh my god, this again, like what's going on? Like you're like trying to rip yourself out of it, and then, um, yeah, that was like some of the craziest experiences that I've had during that.
0: Do you normally like go back to sleep and then wake up fine, or is it like you snap out of it eventually in the paralysis,
1: like right. where you're awake
0: and then eventually your body wakes up?
1: Uh, every single time. Oh, actually, I can phase this into something else because i almost forgot but um well you would literally like i would have to force myself out of it like i felt like i was fighting to get out of it and then i would wake up and sometimes i go to back to sleep i'd be like okay i'm good go back to sleep get back into it what but you know what's funny is it's really weird this one time so i used to like lucid dream a lot um where and i think this one theory i have about the sleep paralysis thing is that Um, I feel like once you get past it, there's like this loud noise and it, it started happening where when I would get into the sleep paralysis, it would be like a precursor to lucid dreaming. So the only way I could lucid dream is if I went through this first. So I would like I'd get through it and like accept it. And like, I don't know, it was like I was a little younger when this was going on. But I would like I'd do the fighting, and I would just get past to this point where I would, like, transcend it, and I'd, like, leave my body when it happened, and I'd, like, be flying around my neighborhood, and, like, all this crazy stuff would happen, and I've I've lucid dreamed probably, like, 15 times where it was, like, really vivid, and I was doing it over the course of, like, this couple-month period. Wow, dude. That's crazy. It was really amazing, too. I wish I could still do that shit. (laughs) I've
2: I've tried when I was younger in, like, high school, and... I would always get to the point where I, like, I would feel like I'm, like, like, I could, like, feel like I'm, like, my, like, body's, or, like, whatever's leaving my body. And then, like, I would wake up. Like, something would happen. Like, yeah. I'd hear a noise or something, and I'd, like, I'd just wake up regular. Didn't like, you have um, techniques? You would, like, track
0: your dreams or something? And, like, that, they'd say that Well, would there's, help. like,
2: in your dream, like, you can, what was it? You can, like, look at uh, your hand or something. And, like, as long as there's lines running through your hand. No, what was it? whenever whenever you were in a place like in your dream you can like uh like try to look at your hands like just like in your dream tell yourself like look at your hands right and and then you'll like remember that place and that's how like i heard like when you're trying to lucid dream that like if you want to go back to that place you'd be trying to think like of the time that you're like looking at your hands okay
1: yeah i've heard of like some crazy techniques like some people would like leave string hanging from their ceiling and, like, whenever they were dreaming, if they saw that string, they would, like, reach for it and pull it. And then, like, they would start lucid dreaming or something. Oh, what? Like, it, there's some crazy, like, ways to do it. But it's such a real thing because I've definitely experienced it. I actually forgot about it for a long time until, like, you brought this up. What? So I'm oh, actually so glad you yes. <laughs> asked. <laughs> That's what we do.
0: That's crazy. I've also heard um, – uh, with sleep paralysis, I've also heard that it's uh they say something about like a demon or like the shadow people or something and like, yeah, like the, it feels like there's something like sitting on your chest or something, and they say that it's like yeah or I, like you can see something in the room or something like that might be that feeling of dread you were talking
1: about. Yeah, exactly. For me, it always felt like it was behind me, not like on my chest. Um, it always felt like it was behind me, but I couldn't move to like look. But I think the whole thing on your chest is that paralysis itself. Yeah, yeah, you just can't move Mm -hmm. and like you'd be stuck. It's such a wild feeling. I it used to freak me out so bad until I got used to it, and I was like, (laughs) this again. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy. Because I've heard I've heard stories about people who suffer from that a lot and whatever. And I I've never like I've always like slept pretty good, I guess, except like, like some insomnia, but like yeah. Dude, that would be scary, scary as hell, because I know that feeling of dread, you know, like, uh, when I was working at Aldi overnight, sometimes you just get that random feeling of, like someone watching you, and, like, it, like, you get, like, kind of cold, you just feel that fear, imagining that just laying in bed for however long you're in the paralysis, sounds terrifying. Yeah,
1: I feel like some of the, like, abduction stories or something are, like, centered around this, like, sleep paralysis, like, to the max or something. Could be, yeah. Um, but I don't know, obviously, but it's such an interesting thing, and, uh, i don't even know why it stopped i must be doing something right <laughs> <laughs> For real,
0: yeah. Yeah. all right um it's been about an hour now we could go ahead and wrap it up but one thing we'll, we'll let you you can look at this camera and you can shout out anything you've got currently going on you got coming up soon that you want people to stay tuned stay looking at you you um you've got a lot going on i know with your art i know it's only the beginning
1: definitely um if you want to just check out my page, I got nothing specific going on. Um, but honestly, if you want, to, if you guys want to follow from my heart art, it's from my heart underscore art, and that's on Facebook and Instagram. And you can keep up with everything I'm gonna be doing. Um, I got a lot of stuff in the works, so hopefully, I'll be doing some beautiful things in the future. That's the plan. <laughs> oh yeah, man! It's only the
2: beginning.
0: All right, and also don't forget to check us out wherever you're listening to this. Uh, Please like, rate it, leave a comment, share with your friends, do anything, share it verbally. If you just if you do like what we talked about or you think we're kinda of funny or something like that, or you like how we're shining light on the talent around here, let a friend know. Or if you don't like us, let a friend know. So then they can give us a try, you know? We just want to feed- <laughs> we
2: just want feedback. Here, you take it from here, Danny. I'm terrible.
0: Alright,
2: man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. This has been uh, episode thirty. Oh shit, episode thirty of the City of Pawns podcast. There you like um, go, even number. <laughs> hey. Um so yeah. Subscribe like like he was saying, subscribe to City of Pawns Podcast, follow us on social media, new episodes every Monday. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening or watching. Hit him with that outro, biscuit. <laughs>